It's another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin, and we're talking week four of college football, Colin. It's come and gone, and it was a, a hyped up week of college football, and I dare to say it lived up to the hype because we have, I mean, so many names. It was hard to even narrow it down because we do the, the eight badges and then the call home, and it's like, man, only eight for this week? There's so many names that we could do, but, you know, some some of the campers – at, you know we don't we don't give out participation trophies, do we? No, we we don't. We're sticking we don't, to eight. But man, I I know I was like, should we do ten? Should we do twelve? <laughs> should we do fourteen? <laughs> like it really was that kind of week. And I think the games certainly we all knew going into the weekend were going to be phenomenal. And it was an amazing weekend of just watching college football. But like I said last week. A lot of the campers, a lot of our guys, guys that we've been aware of and following and before the season started, like they're the ones that are popping off. And this weekend was no exception. Plus you throw in a few new names, guys we haven't talked about. We're going to give some badges to some new players this week as well. But I mean, man, I'm just, it, what a weekend, and I'm so excited to talk about these guys. My list was like 16 deep before we picked them this morning. Yeah, and this week there wasn't a definitive number one guy like there was the past two weeks because basically we, the the last couple weeks, we were basically flipping a coin to see who gets to choose the number one guy. And this week I'd say that there was – a plethora of people you could have chosen number one and been like fine with it. There were an, there were a plethora. Yeah. The first pick I think could have gone many, many ways. And before we get to that pick, Colin, I do have a couple of things I want to talk about. If that's okay with Please, you. Absolutely. So first and foremost, I have an honorary badge to give out this week. So when I said <laughs> we're doing eight, well, technically we're not because we're doing nine. We, we had to give this one out. We had to do it. And could he have snuck it into the, to the eight? Sure. Why not? But I just feel like this one deserves a badge of its own. And it is the catch of the year badge going to Ricky Pierzel from Florida. So... I mean, this, but before we talk about the catch, Colin, this is a player that is having a nice season thus far. This is a player that is on the radar when you talk about the NFL draft that's coming up. For dynasty purposes, I'm not, you know, we're not there yet. I'm not sitting here saying he's climbing the boards, but Ricky Pearsall is having a fine season. And he just so happened to make the best catch of the year and one of the best catches that I've ever seen this week. Yeah, I, like you said, he's having a, a, a fine season, a solid season. Uh, not climbing into the top fives, I wouldn't say, but, you know, on the radar, like like we like to say. You know, somebody to keep an eye on. And then, I mean, you go out and you make yourself a talking point. 
by making a catch like this. I mean, running up the seam and just stabbing the ball out of the air. Just absolutely suction cupping the ball and bringing it down, getting, I mean, hit pretty hard. Yeah, and he got smoked. It does not matter. There's no, There was no bobble. There's no nothing. He, man, that was a hell of a catch. To go from full extension, one hand, secure it, and then pull it in while taking a massive hit from two players. Yeah. I mean, that's that's as good as it gets right there. Yeah. So, I mean, wrong hand, too. Like, going yeah. up across over the right side with your right hand and stretching all the way out to get full extension. Man, that, yeah, that's a heck of a catch. Remember the name, man. Maybe we'll be talking about Ricky a little bit later this season. But for now, we're talking about the catch that he made. And before we get into the rest of the Badgers this week, I'm going to smuggle some other players in here. We've been doing a bit of smuggling lately. And this comes in the form of a clarification from last week because Jalen Polk was a player that came up on the program last week, and he is listed as a sophomore. And we said he's not draft eligible. Maybe we'll see you next year, Jalen. You look like a fine player. Well, Jalen has been around for a while. He is a sophomore, but I think there was – Maybe, I don't know if it was like the COVID year or like some sort of eligibility thing where this is actually his fourth season in college football, but he is still considered a sophomore according to the program. I don't know how that happens, but that means, Colin, that he is draft eligible. And he had another incredible week this week. So I, we're not, we didn't select him for a badge, but I, here's me smuggling him into the program to say Jalen Polk you are a camper. Yeah, I I don't understand how class standing <laughs> works uh, with the, the COVID delays and, like, you know, the extra year's eligibility. I figured, you know, once you were beyond your second year, you were not a sophomore anymore. Uh, but I'll leave that up to other people to decide. I mean, I'm not an academic advisor by any means. <laughs> so if uh if they say he's a sophomore he's a sophomore but uh for all intents and purposes he's a camper and he's a damn good camper because he is putting together some gnarly stat lines on i mean the best passing game in college football might i say because i mean Penix and company him odunze mcmillan polk are all just putting up absurd numbers week in and week out and sometimes it's two of them sometimes it's all three of them it's never just one of them like you never go and check the, the box score and it's like oh yeah you know only odunze had a had a good game everybody else is pretty mediocre it's always two of them have a, a buck and that's just it, insanity i mean yeah and the thing is like and god see god damn it we're, we're literally doing 10 badges like that's what's happening right now because no, no, we're not naming the badges we're not doing it it's a, we're just talking about players Jalen, this, I'm telling you, man, like this team, we get the stats. Like that's what puts you on the map. Wow, you had a great game. But if you watch that game, Jalen Polk, that's a good player. 
Yeah. Like that guy's got some strong hands. He's been, he has made several incredible catches already this season. And McMillan was out this week and he, he took that number two spot and ran with it. And so we might be talking about three wide receivers out of the same offense. When's the last time that happened for the draft? But, uh, all right, let's, let's get into it here. Let's, let's, let's actually it. start handing them out. I won the toss again this week, right? Fate is on my side. It's true. And I respect uh, the, I respect it now that we're using yeah. a real coin. It feels nice to flip yeah. a real coin, by the yeah. way, this, that, ping in the air and it's yeah. like you're waiting for it, it just no hits longer have to than... rely on technology for every part of our life right it's yeah. like i i don't have to stare at a screen for like five less seconds <laughs> in a day that's incredible <laughs> but uh first pick i went with xavier leggett from south carolina new name alert new name to the program and i mean he's getting the breakout badge for me Okay, this wasn't a breakout week in the sense that this was his first good week of the season because right now, this is your current leader in all of college football in receiving yards, Xavier Leggett. So four weeks in, he has arrived. But why I'm calling this the official breakout is because this was the week that Xavier Leggett put himself on everybody's radar. He put himself on the map as a potential NFL draft prospect with the speed that he possesses as a player. I got to get the listing right here. 6'3", 227. That 76-yard touchdown run the first touchdown that he had in this game is not how you ever expect a 225 227 pound wide receiver to move it was instant and game-breaking speed on a crossing route where he just ran away from everybody and everybody in the world said who's that guy yeah i that's what i said i i I was watching i'm like oh my god this kid he's the fastest guy alive and i i was gonna bring up the exact same thing with Leggett. it's just the the acceleration the explosion is instant and it is like astonishing the way that he gets up and goes and i mean south carolina punching out these these run after catch guys you know what what are we talking about and this you know it's not Debo. It's a completely different build. It is just this this big wide receiver that has a third gear faster than everybody else. So, I mean, keep an eye out for Xavier Leggett. Keep an eye out for the, the Gamecocks. I mean, Spencer Rattler uh wheeling and dealing a little bit and he's like you said a, a late late breakout fifth year and now leading the nation in receiving yards so what do you make of it i don't know but i know that it's an electric player with the ball in his hands and 
Uh, he makes it look really easy. So it, it seems like he's doing okay. Well, and that's the thing. That is the thing right there. This is the fifth year. And before this season, 167 yards was a career best for this player. And that was last year. When you see this drastic of an improvement, it, it really is, what do you do? But all you can do at this point is watch the tape. And that's that's what you saw in this game was 189 yards, two touchdowns, 37.8 yards per catch with this build. The second touchdown was a classic X wide receiver play, running the nine route, winning, you know, stacking the corner and separating late and finishing the play with ease. It was like prototypical, incredible play from that position. And so there's a lot of reasons to be excited and to be, you know, a little bit amazed at what this player has done to get himself to this point at this stage in his collegiate career. But man, I mean, there's no reason to doubt that this is a legit dude. And on the night that Olshan Jeffrey got his retire, his jersey retired by South Carolina, we see a player with a similar build introduce himself to the world. I'm just saying. A little faster than Alshon Jeffrey. Just guess. a little bit. Just a little <laughs> bit. And, and Alshon made it work. So, Yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, Xavier Leggett. I don't think it'll be the last time we're talking about him on this program. But there it is. I, I'm going to say the same damn thing about this next badge. And let me just say I'm glad we're finally talking about him in 2023. Yes. The undisputed tight end one of the class is finally making his way into the weekly badge report. Got Brock Bowers, and he's getting the grown man badge. So Brock Bowers had two stiff arms in this game where he's just like, you know what? You're just way smaller than me. I'm way stronger than you. Uh, We're playing against UAB. And I'm going to make sure the world knows what Brock Bowers is about. He, he took one guy and he just, you know, put him on the ground. Got about 15 more yards. Uh, the second one that I'm referencing was on his uh, second touchdown of the game where he took a guy, pushed him across his face, and just, like, threw him into another defender. He's like... Uh, let me two birds with one stone you know the little bowling pin action knocked that guy over and then strolled into the end zone and it was just a display of dominance that I've been waiting to see from Brock Brock Bowers who's been having fine games but I mean we all know that Georgia is not the air raid offense uh, so they're not slinging the ball around the yard like a lot of other teams but he, you know, nine catches, 131 yards, 121 yards. This is cut off. I love PFF so much. Uh, <laughs> this I'm having a blast. You're getting there, man. We're... Uh, nine, buddy, 121, 121, two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Thank you. Uh, so nine catches, nine targets, 121 yards, two touchdowns. 
And that's not all because he put on a clinic blocking. He was absolutely dominant. They they run inside zone, single back inside zone from under center, and he comes across the formation. They leave the DN unblocked, and he just seals the DN and gets the running back off tackle wide open free. And then when they go play action and they leave that D end and the D end's like, Oh, I, I'm going to get, I'm going to get underneath Bowers and I'm going to get at that running back. And then Bowers just leaks out behind. And that's where I want to say five or six of his receptions came off of that, where he just leaked out off of that inside zone. Look, and, uh, the run after catch that's where one of those big stiff arms came where he's running after the catch and just excuse me sir i'm trying to get some yards right now uh so just a, a dominant performance out of the tight end one and uh restoring a little bit of faith in some people that may have been checking the box scores and wondering why he only had one catch for three yards against ball state it's gonna be okay guys yeah 121 yards 111 after the catch yep this was a classic brock bowers performance complete with those highlight reel moments like you said i mean the 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 second stiff arm the big play i mean literally using another player as a weapon Uh, like yeah like throwing him like a spear into the other (laughs) defender like i mean i've never seen anything like that in my life i don't think and yeah i it's it it hasn't been the season statistically that you may have expected up till this point. I mean, we, I think we we had visions of some crazy numbers maybe this year, but Carson back taking over this team, they're still kind of figuring that side of things out. But the last two weeks now, nine targets in each game for Brock Bowers, they're starting to get him more looks and you see what he does with them, especially in this game where he is playing against vastly inferior athletes on the defense and making them pay and making them making it well known that he is a future top 10 NFL draft pick playing against the Blazers of Birmingham. So using a grown man as like, how do you come back from that? That's another grown man is just like, so defeating like i don't like that player's going to trent dilfer in the morning and he's like i'm i'm done yeah my football career is over it's like well finish up your studies young man (laughs) (laughs) get that degree (laughs) all right let's talk about another player that is well known by this point at camp dynasty that is keon coleman who it feels like is getting one of these every single week uh, because he's taking over college football and he's taking over Camp Dynasty as one of the top wide receivers in this unbelievably loaded wide receiver class. I mean, that is one thing that I took away from this weekend. And we've talked a lot of our badges so far have gone to wide receivers. That is no coincidence. Watching football this weekend, Colin, the wide receivers continue to pop and they continue to show that this is like one of the better wide receiver classes that I can remember. 
And Keon Coleman is very quickly ascending to near the top of this class for me. Uh, I'm given this week. I'm giving him the the dagger badge for that touchdown in overtime. The one where he soars over the top of the corner, pulls it in, seals the game. I mean, this is a special player. That touchdown that you're referencing, the level of difficulty on that catch is unbelievable. Like the fact that he goes up and high points it and is tracking the ball over his shoulder is probably up like 35 inches in the air and then catches it in the bucket over his shoulder. I was like, Oh my God, like this is beyond some of the, the high point guys, the like contested catch guys that you see where, you know, they, they turn the whole body, they jump up and yeah, it's, it's a lot easier to make that catch. The, the, the classic, you know, Moss kind of catch when you're doing stuff like this and you're able to track the ball that well, that is special stuff. And Keon Coleman was not on the radar before the season quickly immediately week one puts himself on the radar and has cemented himself as a weekly talking point on this program because of his performances week in and week out and it seems like he's winning over the love of nfl draft people of dynasty people i mean anybody that watches this kid plays knows immediately that this is what a superstar in the making looks like yeah i 100 percent agree and i think the the more like we're four weeks in there's a decent amount of time to go to figure all of this out and what this looks like but i think we're very quickly getting to a point now where i'm flashing back to 2021 am i getting that no 2022 right I'm thinking of the year Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jameson Williams, like that cluster of guys that went from eight to 12. And uh, you had other guys like really talented players outside of that going as well in that, in that class. And they're all showing some really nice things so far. I think we're, we're tracking, but we also have like, one of the best wide receiver prospects of all time in this class. So you have Marvin Harrison Jr. leading the pack, and then you have guys like Keon Coleman, like a player we're going to talk about in a little while, and plenty of other names that we have talked about already that are all first round, like, and not lot low. Like I'm telling you right now, Keon Coleman is, he's a top 20 pick in my opinion. Uh, I, that's, that's where I'm at with him. The, he is, he has it. He has the it factor. He has everything I look for in a wide receiver. Essentially, he's going to be one of my guys in this class, no doubt. And four weeks in, I think he's got three badges already. Incredible. So something that Ben Solak said that I have, it's, it's been hanging with me since 2022 is there'll never be a bad wide receiver class again. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and what it feels like, doesn't it? Yeah, every year 
these guys come out and uh, three of them look great week one and then like five of them develop in the next two years after that and this this class just seems special i i i tweeted out i was it was a pretty long list of like 11 12 names and that was just like off the top of the head because of their performances not last week but the week before and i was just like god this class is just loaded and it's it's continued to to live up to that like it, it hasn't started to you know they didn't start hot and start to slow down it's like through four weeks all of these guys have continued to show either improvement or steady you know steady performance so Keon Coleman is not the exception to that he has been very good and this Florida State team also as advertised gritty win nice gritty win in what's probably going to be their toughest test of the regular season this week and they got the dub so camp dynasty's own florida state on the way to the playoff that's what i'm saying that's right all right well i alluded to it not that long ago let's talk about another wide receiver from this class colin another wide receiver from this class is your guy troy franklin he's getting the chef badge and Buffalo is on the menu. <laughs> I mean, okay, hold hold on a second, hold on a second. I need to I need to say something though because it's it's been bothering me. Okay. The the dunking on on Colorado yes. that happened after this game completely uncalled for. <laughs> yeah. Like completely uncalled. Like everybody was enamored with this team for three weeks. But everybody kind of knew in the back of their mind that it was going to take this game and next week's game to really understand what the team is. It was a fun story. It was. There's no reason we need to come in after this game and be like, ah, these losers. We knew this was (laughs) never going to work. Like, give me a break, man. Listen, I love Colorado so much. And (laughs) I adore watching the team i was at a baby shower and i just like had the game going on my phone during the entire time because i just wanted to watch colorado because of what coach prime has done to that team so this is no disrespect to colorado i get it but troy franklin man put on a clinic against that team with all due respect that defense is horrible they can't – I mean, tra- without Travis Hunter especially, the best – what their best player, their best defensive back, Troy Franklin ate them alive. He had eight catches, 126 yards, two touchdowns, and he did it from wherever he wanted. He's lining up on the left side. He's lining up in the slot. He's lining up on the right side. He's running a variety of routes. I mean, he was winning on a variety of routes. He had – I mean, a deep touchdown. He had a short touchdown. Like, whatever he wanted, he got. And whatever this Oregon offense wanted, they got. So, uh, yeah, the, he he cooked that defense. And, I, again, the, he's he's looking like a real player. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I mean, he's my number five wide receiver going into this season. But that came at the time with a caveat of, like, you know, there needs to be some development this year 
but you expect it because sophomore year looked pretty damn good and he has a pedigree you you kind of expect him to take a leap but man he's exceeding even my expectations this yeah. year no doubt about it like he is really taking things to a new level and i mean it's showing you you can see it every week i mean he's got 300 plus yard games in four weeks thus far 418 on the year and five touchdowns already he's the focal point of this offense the offense looks great and bo Nix finds franklin often and he's like you said it's all over the field he's running a variety of routes they're getting him you know matched up where they want him to be it's it's just another guy in this class and the (laughs) And the sad part is he comes into the year as my number five wide receiver gets better. And I don't think he's even in my top five wide receivers anymore. That's how this class is going to be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that That's a, that's a great way to put it is unbelievable. Yeah. It's unreal. The way this wide receiver class is shaken out. Uh, I think he might be in my top five, but we'll see you once we get to our mid-season rankings episode. It's, true. Uh, it's coming up quick. It's coming up soon. Uh, the only spots on the field he didn't catch a pass in this game is on the right side of the field, 10 yards and 20 yards down the field. Everywhere else on the field, he caught at least one pass and in most spots, more than one pass. So that just shows you the versatility that he is putting on display. Uh, so, I mean, Troy Franklin, man. Good player. Good player. Let's talk about another good player. That there, There's a good segue. We can use <laughs> that one all day long. <laughs> I was going to say, that, that, that's the easiest segue we got. I'm talking about a running back. They've been hard to come by this year, not going to lie. As good as the wide receiver class is shaping up to be, I still got questions about this running back class. I do. But a big reason why I think you can get a little more more excited about the running back class after this week is the fact that I'm giving Travion Henderson a badge this week. And, I mean, this is a player that – Going into this year, it really was a complete wild card. Like some some people still had all the faith in him. You know, this is RB1. Some people, like us, coming into the year, got to see it. We got to see what the health looks like, what the player can do this year. And I think this game was the first real moment for me where I sat and said, I think he's, I think he's back. I think he's fine. Because 14 carries, 105 yards, and a touchdown. And the touchdown was the moment where you see it and you're like, oh, he's got the gas. Like, he's he's running great. He's He ran away from several defenders on that play. He got to the edge, burst up the sideline. It was gone. Uh, I, I'm giving him the vintage badge because this was a little bit of a glimpse back into the Travion Henderson that a lot of people remember from 2021. Now, the questions are, you know, will the workload's been a little weird this year. They're rotating a lot of guys in. But 
again, I think this was a really encouraging sign for a player that I think a lot of people were waiting to see this sort of performance out of again. Travion Henderson was on my list. I had a badge written up for him. It was the game breaker badge because every time they needed a play, it seemed like it wasn't Marvin Harrison. It wasn't Kyle McCord. Uh, every once in a while, it was a Mecca Buka, but more often than not, it was Trevion Henderson. And on his his big run, it was, I mean, that off that that game was such a stalemate, back and forth, such a defensive battle, and it it felt like it was like suffocating. And then Trevion breaks through, and it it felt like a a weight lifts off. You get a breath, you know. And he, he busts through that line and gets a gets a huge run. I don't remember if he scored on it, but I think he I think he st- He did. Yeah, yeah. He finished yeah. it. Yeah. I didn't remember if he got caught or not, but that that was the, the vintage. He's back. Yep. And he shows off the juice and it it was a a nice performance where it felt like he was a guy that offense could count on, which hasn't always been the case this year he's been solid but like you said there's been a kind of lack of volume and you're seeing a lot of Mayan Williams and that short yardage stuff you know he's the bigger back and they rotate in a few of the younger guys as well but in this game when they needed a clutch play Trevion Henderson was there to deliver and that's that's really nice to see and side note, the 61-yard touchdown run, the play, was also the same play that we almost lost Marvin Harrison Jr. Yes. <laughs> and instead of him, like, not 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 only not being out for the season, like, oh, he's, he, he's not out for the year, but he's going to miss a few weeks, I'm sure. No, <laughs> just came back into the game, ran routes, yep. ca- caught the first – first snap back in caught the pass if you needed any more proof that he's an alien you saw it on that play because it looked like like season ending and we're talking about it still in april i was i was terrified i mean the 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 player got blocked into his leg and his whole ankle just kind of you know the toe stuck in the ground and the ankle cranked over and i was like oh God, it's over. We're done. Pack it up. Get to April and go be a top 10 pick. And then he's just like, you know, got the tape reapplied and just went right back out there. And I was like, oh, okay. And he obviously was hurt still. And it it was a little decoy-ish. But, I mean, he's out there and he was making plays when the ball came to him. So, like you said, uh, alien. I, I don't. I don't understand that player and I'm hearing some pretty lofty uh, comparisons for him. And I agree with all of them. Special. Yeah. Let's go back to talking about wide receivers. That's fun. Okay. Who's your Uh, next badge? (laughs) (laughs) So my next badge is uh, for a wide receiver who's been really good this year and was in our top fives. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, it's back to back weeks getting a badge for Mr. Malik neighbors. Uh, so he is getting the lullaby badge. 
So on his second touchdown of the night, he just kind of, you know, blocks off the line of scrimmage and everybody vacates to go cover the people that are running real routes. And then neighbors just explodes into a slant route and is wide open. Just lulled the whole defense to sleep. Everybody is just, you know, let's not worry about neighbors. He's not trying, whatever. And then just, it it was so sick. <laughs> it was like, all right, he's just toying with this Arkansas defense. And all night he was dominant. I mean, another 13 target day, that's back-to-back. Uh, this is his third 10-plus target week. And it's much deserved. I'm just happy he's getting the ball. After the whole Kayshawn Booty experience last year with LSU and Jaden Daniels, it was really frustrating. But then you realize that he's just better at football than Kayshawn ever was. A and lot better. He is earning all these targets. And the the thing with neighbors is like the combination of size and route running and speed is like this perfect blend for a receiver and he explodes in and out of his breaks. He had a nice speed out where the, the corner just never had a chance. The corner was inside leverage and it was just over before it even started. Cause he took this angle towards the, he's in the slot, took an angle and just popped out. He didn't even take a hard break cause he didn't need to, cause it was just like, give me the ball. And he had a nice contested catch in this game. I mean, he did a little bit of everything in here, and uh, he had another slot fade, another slot fade touchdown. Uh, he, that route is just deadly when he has that much room to run and that much room for Jaden Daniels to to put the ball towards the sideline. Uh, it's almost unstoppable. That's what he was just cooking Mississippi State last week. I think he had three or four last week that he got wide open on and uh he was doing did it again this week for one of his touchdowns so Malik neighbors lullaby badge 369 yards in the last two weeks for this player with four touchdowns i mean not bad he's he's doing and and that's the other thing about this is like you go into the year and it's like neighbors incredible season last year over a thousand yards only had three touchdowns, whatever. You expect to see big things out of this player. And then they they put it onto paper. And that's what every one of these guys is doing. They all are taking their next steps. They're looking better year yeah. over year. And, I mean, Neighbors is another guy. I mean, I'm talking Keon Coleman here. I feel like Neighbors is kind of your your type of guy. I feel he, like we're going to have, yeah. we're gonna have like these three – and maybe there'll be more, but at right now, in my eyes, I see neighbors is a top 20 player, Coleman, top 20 player. And it's like, we, we each get our own types. Right. I get Coleman and you get neighbors and it's a perfect little world. It's so true. it's nice. But I, I love Keon Coleman. I, I love <laughs> <Malik> neighbors. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, he, this is a, Again, I mean, a special player. These are not – this is the sort of wide receiver class that you get very, very excited about. Like, I feel like it was kind of the opposite last year when we were going through the weeks. It was like the wide receivers, you're kind of fishing for some names. You're waiting to see something out of the top guys, and the running backs kind of kept popping. Now it's 
flipped around. And this wide receiver group is better than the running back group last. I mean, how do you compare? But like, I'm just trying to think like, yeah, of all of the classes that I've been a part of here, this has got to be one of the better, better groups of talent that I've I'm, seen. So I'm thinking of the 2021 class yeah. is the That's... last like elite class that we had with, uh, Devonte Smith and CD lamb. Was that, that, that was class? 20, that was 2020 no, that was CD and Judy and rugs. And then 2021 was Devonte Smith and Jamar chase which was the big one. Yeah. 2021. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. you're right. Sorry. You're right. Yeah, yeah. It's, I always get the college year is not the same as the draft year yeah. thing mixed up like yeah. 2022 feel. Okay. never mind. You're right. Okay. 2021 right. was the last great class with Devonte Smith and Jamar chase. And it feels like we have a, maybe not to that level, but we have a very, very good class because, I mean, Devontae Smith was a Heisman winner at the wide receiver position. Jamar Chase was one of the better wide receiver prospects that we've seen. I mean, the best we've seen in a while. Uh, and, I mean, we have that with Marvin Harrison. He's our Jamar Chase. And then, I mean, pick your poison for who you want your Devontae Smith to be. But I don't think we have a guy quite at the Devontae Smith level in terms of, you know, college player. But collegiate maybe, production. Maybe if no, you but... put put Coleman and uh, neighbors together. <laughs> Sorry, I love. I, I is Keon Coleman fused with Malik neighbors. I I'm, Which, I'm I okay with that. See it, yeah, I, I mean, that's. I don't think that's crazy to say. Uh, no, it's not. This is a Devonte Smith program. Hell it, yeah! He, before there was Camp Dynasty, there were just two guys that loved Devonte Smith. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, all right, let's move it on. Uh, IDP Colin, the, the folks have said this before, but they are people too. And we haven't talked about one in too long here. And I'm changing that right now. Cause I'm talking about Dallas Turner this week. One of our top players, top IDPs in the class coming into the year, uh, I think second edge rusher for both of us, potentially something like that. Very good player. And the last two weeks specifically, he has popped in a big way and I'm giving him a badge this week. Uh, he is getting the sprint to the finish badge because the fourth quarter that he had was terrorizing. Like, they went up by two scores and Dallas Turner was like, all right, now I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that they don't get back into this game. Cause for the entire fourth quarter, it was like pure terror from the edge, uh, two sacks, a forced fumble, which Ole Miss did recover, but it still looked cool. And, a, a huge blown up run play where I think they lost like eight or almost 10 yards yeah, on that play. Yeah. I mean, he just like took over the game and he looked like that sort of a player. And I think one thing that really encouraged me in this game was one of our biggest criticisms. Do you remember this? One of our biggest criticisms going into the year was, can he develop 
a counter move game. Yep. And he he had it working in this one. He he was going to his signature, the bull rush there, but then all of a sudden he'd do a little bit of a push pull or he'd do a chop and he'd try to get into the inside. That was really encouraging stuff out of a really talented player. I don't know I don't know the official football guy name of the pass rush move. Yeah. But the one that he got the strip sack on where he he engaged and got the you know the the lineman to reach and then he just ducked under and just blew past him. I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> that that was <laughs> holy Jesus. It just all happened so fast that it's just like unbelievable athleticism and balance and speed and bend and like and then you go and he gets strip sack and it's like all right we get the the whole the whole thing because the best pass rushers get the ball and then like you said stay home set the edge on the reverse to Jordan Watkins I believe it was and yep. he he got the, the tackle for loss which is I mean like you said about 10 yard loss where he stays home if if he goes chasing the running back like a undisciplined edge might do, that a younger Dallas Turner might do, then you know Watkins is probably still running, but he sets that edge and put plants him in the backfield solo. I don't need any help, and you get like this. And like you said, the 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 bag that he has produced at whatever pass rushing camp that he's been at over this off season coming into this year and putting on display these last two weeks is really impressive. And I don't know, might be pushed him to edge one. Our guy, Jared, he didn't look yeah, too bad against yeah, Clemson either, no. but no, I, it, it is, it, I mean, he, he is, arriving in the con like because that's the thing again we're talking about players needed to see a little bit of something to solidify your status and where we kind of held this player i think he was my idp4 coming into the year something like that but it's like you see the potential you see what he his physical tools and what he can be well he's he's climbing up to a conversation here where you're talking about it's not just Jared Verse. You know, he's not the edge guy in the class. There's a couple of these guys, and they're all looking pretty good. And I got to say, I think we do need a glossary for all of the pass rush moves that exist these days because there's, like, over 50, I swear to God. Yeah, yeah, these guys just keep coming up with new pass rush moves, and then you got to name them. And it's yeah. like, okay, I get it. We got, like, the rip. We got the swim, we got the spin, we got, you know, all now these, ghost the bull move. rush, you got the push pull and, you know, you come up with all these goddamn terms and man, how does a person keep up with that? How do we keep up with it? And now like somebody make a book, same with wide receivers, all these different kind of releases and what they're doing at the top of the road. I, man, I just watched the games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, man. I'm trying to keep up. <laughs> I'm just a casual fan out here. <laughs> um, all right. One badge left to go in an absolutely crazy week. And 
Should we talk about a quarterback? Yeah, let's talk about being a casual fan and let's talk about a quarterback because that's what, you know, casual people pay attention to. Right. Yeah. But hold on a second. Is it Caleb Williams? Is the streak alive? The streak is dead. Ah. Yeah. So I was debating. Good run. It was a good run. I mean, three straight ain't bad. Uh, but Drake May is coming into this into this conversation. He's getting the improv badge because the the stuff he was doing against Pitt was very nice. Uh, he had two rushing touchdowns in this game. He had one on a designed run to the left and kind of just walked into the end zone off a little read option action. He had one on the QB sneak, which I'll get back to later. Uh, but his other touchdown, his passing touchdown, this is where you get the improv badge from. Because he's rolling out left. And, you know, it's tough to flip the hips and, and drive the, the ball when you're a right-handed quarterback. So he's like, you know what? I'll just throw it lefty. And it was a perfect pass. No big deal. Rolling left. Casual touchdown. Yeah, casual left-handed touchdown. Uh, the rest of this game, I mean, easy gas. The His arm is so impressive. It just comes out so easy. It's on a rope. I mean, it feels like he can put it wherever he wants it. Uh, obviously, that hasn't necessarily been the case all season. Uh, but I'm going to place the blame on his skill position players because they're not that good. And uh, no disrespect, you know, but I, I, Drake May is going from uh, having NFL caliber guy in Josh Downs and having him be the number one target, having him be in his red zone threat to not that. Hey, and Antoine Green was on that team as well. And I think he's still hanging around a practice squad in the NFL yeah. right now. So yeah. you got two NFL receivers that you lost. Just saying. Yeah. And now you don't have those guys. Uh, so he's still playing really well. I, I mean, there's a little bit of a, a Drake may scare going on in the college football world. And I'm just here to say, pump your brakes because this guy can do a lot of things well and one of those things is use his legs and throw off multiple different bases and uh, his arm talent is incredible and uh i mean when you talk about fantasy two russian touchdowns ain't bad either i mean yeah that's it's a big reason why he's an exciting fantasy quarterback as much as he is an exciting nfl quarterback for sure but i think to your point i think four picks this year and all of them coming in the first three games. I think that had people spooked. Cause you look at, if you're looking at the box score, you see this player has four picks. You're like, Oh my God, he's falling apart. But if you watch these games, he looks fine. He looks great. And I, like you said, the supporting cast is noticeably worse this year. And I mean, he still has, 85.5% adjusted completion percentage were, you know, what's, what's adjusted completion percentage adjusted completion percentage is another one of our favorite stats devised by pro football focus. Okay. And th they define it as the percentage of aimed passes 
thrown on target. Okay, so it so includes it, drops. It includes drops and, uh, let's see, completions plus drops divided by, yeah. So Okay, that makes sense, actually. I like that. It takes out the receiver factor right. from the throws. Okay. And so it's usually much higher. I don't remember what the benchmark is here, but I know 85 is good. And the normal completion percentage, which we all know about, 72.7, not bad. I mean, yeah, that's good. The statistics are fine outside of the turnover numbers, whatever. But the point is, this is still the player that we thought he was going into the year. Nothing has changed with Drake May. Yeah, that's part of the reason that I wanted to get him on because I feel like there's been uh, maybe a lack of conversation about him or a little bit of a negative conversation surrounding him. And I just wanted to to bring bring us back and ground us. And uh, he had a great game last week. I wanted to talk about him, but you know, left him on the sideline there. Brought him in because he had another very good week with some impressive plays. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Caleb Williams only had a seventy one percent adjusted completion percentage this week. So, falling, May yeah, quarterback yeah. one, uh, May QB one. Come on, get with the picture, guys. And now somebody just clipped that, and now <laughs> we're getting. Hey, hey, maybe in in ten years that'll work out for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's week four badges. That's the fun stuff. But as always, it's time for the not fun stuff because it's time to make the call home. And this week, unfortunately, uh, kind of on the theme of last year, honestly, when the call home existed, we were always just calling about wide receivers. Kayshawn, Quentin Johnson. Now it's like we're just calling about running backs or thinking about calling running backs at least every week. This week, we're calling the Edwards family because Donovan Edwards – who was not a top five running back for us coming into this season, but a player that was certainly on the radar after his late season performance last year when Blake Corum went down. But Colin, it has not gone the way that anybody expected for Donovan Edwards thus far in 2023. Yeah. We were brainstorming who we should call home about. And I was like, man, I know Camp Dynasty was not the highest on Donovan Edwards. We had optimism about his role, and we, we talked about him as a, a compliment to Blake Corum. Some people were talking about him as the lead and Corum being the compliment to him. And that's where I think expectations grew, outgrew the player. And I think this this call home is just to to say, hey, I understand what's going on with Donovan. You know, I he's better than this than he's been this season, and I'd like to see some more out of him. Uh, but I think expectations needed to be adjusted, and maybe we're getting to that point because 109 yards so far this season. Uh, three yards per carry 
is the real culprit where he had against UNLV only nine yards on six attempts for one and a half yards per carry tough game last week or week four against Rutgers 13 yards on six carries for 2.2 yards per attempt so he's not getting very much volume he's not showing off that you know explosion that can break games like he was last year uh so this whole combination of things is leading to a disappointing season so far from donovan edwards and we thought that maybe he would be the RB one of this offense early in the season. We talked about that in the preseason because Corum is working back from the knee injury. Doesn't seem like that's the case. It seems like maybe in week one when he got 12 attempts and they split it almost 50, 50. Uh, but since then it's been Blake Corum all the way and he's been the lead back and Edwards has been sitting in the number two role. So we were lower on Edwards going into the year, but that does not imply that we thought he was a bad player. Right. The production this season has been bad. Yep. Like there, there's no other way to say it. It's been bad. And one of the most, like, I don't want to call it like alarming, but, the biggest reason to like Donovan Edwards coming into this year was his ability as a pass catcher, because whatever you thought about him as a runner, pretty much anybody could watch this player and say, Oh, this is one of the best pass catching backs in this class. No doubt about it. So far this year, even those numbers have kind of taken a little bit of a hit. I mean, four games, 11 catches, 100 yards. Not terrible, but you talk about last year. Wait a minute. You're telling me he only had 19 catches last year? I suppose he got mixed in a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. Man, I could have sworn he had more last year. but He just right, did a lot so, with the opportunities he had. Right, right. So the pass catching stuff, maybe not as – alarming as i thought it was i thought this player was like on pace for like way less catches but he's actually on pace for more catches so okay that's fine but as a runner it's it's not been good like you said 3.3 yards per carry his snaps have decreased every week i mean we're down to seven snaps six carries this week against rutgers so i don't know it's something to monitor it's something to monitor it's it's not a player that's necessarily a lock to declare for this draft either so depending on how the rest of this season goes maybe maybe he doesn't opt to put his name in but which wouldn't surprise me and might be the best move for the nfl career i mean if if he continues at this kind of pace there's no sense in declaring and you can go in as a senior as the lead back for this michigan offense after blake Corum leaves and then, you know, recoup some of that value that you earned late last season. Uh, but so far, not so great. All right. So the Edwards family has received a phone call. We're just hoping, you know, we can see some growth out of Donovan 
moving forward. But I'm very excited, Colin, to transition us back to the positive conversations here at Camp Dynasty. And if you've been with us for the first few weeks here of the season, and specifically the last two weeks, you have heard us gather around the campfire and discuss campers of old at All Grown Up. But it's going to look a little bit different this week. And I just want you to know that because I'm excited about it and I hope you're excited about it too. So let's light the fire because it's time for All Grown Up. So this is a dynasty podcast, right? It is. That's what they're that's, that's what they're telling me. There's two parts to this name. <laughs> the first one is camp, and that's the tone we're setting. We're sitting around the campfire. We're yep. we're talking about the campers. They come in every year, you know, we we cycle them out, we get a new fresh batch of campers, but what happens to the old ones, you know? And they come back you're all grown up and we get to keep these guys year after year we get to talk about these guys year after year because of the second word that's dynasty so what are we it's doing a dynasty podcast so what are we doing so the whole point here we watch we follow these guys we play the game of dynasty they become dynasty players the whole point here what's going on What's the value? How do we feel about it? The entire point, if you sit here and listen to us yammer, is to figure out how do I make my dynasty team better. And when these guys get to the NFL, that's when you really start to understand. So all grown up, baby, it's time to talk about some dynasty value with the campers of old. We're not just going to sit around here. I'm making my fucking s'mores last week, and we're shooting the shit about the guys. Who cares? Let's talk about what it means, Colin. And the player that I'm starting with this week, Devon A. Chan. Yeah, that's weird. That uh, hurts to I don't say. Like that. I'm not going to lie. That hurts to say a lot. I don't know. I'm, if I, I can was do hoping it. for a Jalen Waddell situation where he's like, well, it's actually Waddell. And then everyone was like, no, I'm not doing that. I, I was hoping we could all get there with A. Chan, who it, it's not A. Chain. Yeah, but for now I'm gonna respect the man. Came out and he said, "Hey, just so you know, like now that I put together a historic performance, like can you please call me by my real name, which is (laughs) HN?" And I don't like it, but I'm gonna do it anyway. So I hope this is gonna be like a Bijan Bijan situation where we get bamboozled. And right. then I we're know. we're like, oh, it is a chain. <laughs> yeah, it's from the it's from the it's from the man himself. It so is. So I'm not even gonna. We're, we're just gonna roll with it. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna roll with it. A chain. So, a chain. So obviously, you probably know what happened this weekend with a chain. Uh, the Dolphins hung seventy on the Broncos. <laughs> it just it still sounds ridiculous to even say. <laughs> like no that i wasn't playing madden that was a real game that yeah. i watched happen uh but 
for you know just to recap the what happened with a chan 18 carries which is a story in itself by the way 203 yards rushing and two touchdowns combine that with four catches 30 yards for another two touchdowns and you have a four touchdown game for a player that was a hot topic in dynasty drafts in the summer and a player that we talked about literally for the entire season last year one of our favorite guys on on in camp dynasty and so when i talk about value what i'm talking about here is ktc and we've talked about ktc before but if you don't know what that is it's keep trade cut very prominent dynasty website that has crowd sourced rankings and that's this that's the key here because you can go anywhere to find your rankings but if you want to get a sense for the greater community and what folks are thinking about players you can go to ktc and you get a sense of how the market is shifting in real time so it's kind of a nice tool certainly not the word of law by any means and we're going to talk about some of that today but uh I, you check out his KTC numbers from Saturday versus today, which is Monday. On Saturday, Devon Achan was Dynasty RB 32. Today, the last time I checked, and it was still climbing when I looked, Dynasty RB 21. 20. As of and right now, now we're up to 20. So it's still climbing. And so basically what I'm saying, this is the perfect example of a buy low scenario that is, it's exterminated. It's gone. Like the buy low chance is over. But if you saw this player who was my, like, what we both had him like middle of the like late middle of the first like i think i had him eight you had him around there as well like first round dynasty value not that long ago plummets all the way to 32 because he's not around suddenly the size starts to matter a little bit more than it did before the draft because everyone's afraid because he's not around and he's not playing and raheem mostert is doing good things well Goodbye to the buy low window and hello to a world where a chance value is in outer space. Yeah. So uh, he was my 10th overall player, my RB4. He was also your RB4. I don't know exactly where you had him in terms of uh, overall, but uh, both sitting, you know, probably right around the same spot. You look at his off season value. And th- this is this is what matters. His peak offseason value, RB21. Why did it go down <laughs> since then? That's what I'm saying, man. That's what, that's what I'm curious about. And then, like, you get to August, and it goes down to RB30. And goes down even further. So, like, people are down on him. Why? And then he comes out and has this performance where it's like, oh, right, this is who Devon Achan is. He is a, uh electric running back that is in the scheme that we 
specifically wanted him to be drafted into. And then he goes out and proves why people were so high on him, including us. Why he I like RB twenty seems low. Cause you look at the guys well, above him. Yeah, look at the guys above him. And it's DeAndre Swift, who I would take him over. It's Brian Robinson, who I'd take him over. It's Kyron Williams, who I'd take him over. So, uh, and that's just the ones that are listed right above them. Uh, we can keep going up, but I, I mean, I, I don't understand really what's going on here. Um, but I, I like that he had all of the arts. That made me so happy. I was like, yeah, yeah here we are. The biggest number for me is, I mean, obviously, okay, the biggest number is the 200 rushing yards. But yeah. 18 carries, I, that was the thing where I think the biggest question, even that we had as a as a player that we were both enamored with, thought, you know, well worth a first-round dynasty pick, still it was – irresponsible to not be at least cautious about what does the workload look like in this offense and to see him get 18 carries like this and obviously it was a pathetic performance by the Broncos I mean it's not going to be this is never going to happen like again in the next like 50 years maybe but um, just to see him get that involved and obviously the Mike McDaniel offense is everything we wanted for a Chan and it, we see the dividends, you know, it, not going to be 200 every week, but this was the sort of level of a performance that only, you know, this scheme could help him get to. I think it was a big, it was a perfect match. Like you said, we were, we were all over it. I'm, I'm saying it. You know, yep. we were all over it. And if you got in when there was in the dead of summer and suddenly everybody stopped caring because they weren't hearing news and suddenly it was like, what's happening in this backfield? And maybe Delvin Cook's going to sign there. If you found any opportunity to get him during that weird window of time, congratulations. That's what I'm saying. I would just want to talk about a guy that – we were high on in the off season that is paying off and that is the tight end six in dynasty right now according to ktc sam laporta uh if you were locked in to this program you probably drafted sam laporta higher than anybody else in your league was thinking about it because, uh, I mean, he wasn't crazy productive out of college. You know, it wasn't, like, astonishing. It wasn't Dalton Kincaid. It wasn't Kyle Pitts, you know. Uh, but now he has the most receptions in the first three games from a rookie tight end. And uh, his value, I mean... To be fair, he was sitting around tight end nine, tight end ten all throughout the offseason. But that is mostly due to the fact that the tight end is a barren landscape. It, there's not really anybody else to take over him. So, like, if you can have a rookie tight end, you might as well, like, draft him. And so, I mean, tight end ten is pretty low for a rookie tight end, honestly. 
uh, with this much upside. So uh, he has uh, jumped up to tight end six, and that is due to a couple huge games. Uh, I am unprofessional, so I don't have the stats in front of me, but he has put up some some really nice numbers as the number two target next to uh, Amon Ra in this offense. And this is something that we said was going to happen. We we said it. I'll say it. I'll pat us right on the back. Is, I love how the campfire tonight, we might as well just be running around it in circles, taking victory lap after <laughs> victory lap. The defeat lap rule is already gone. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no defeat lap for me. Eight catches, 84 yards, and a touchdown against the Falcons right in Kyle Pitts' face. How does that feel? I, nope, I'm not talking about it. <laughs> I'm not. I don't want to. I'm not talking about sorry, it. Sorry, sorry. We're still victory lapping. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, I will pat myself on the back because I was so high on this guy, and we're here. And he is good day one as the number two target in this offense. I mean, he's had he had eleven targets in this game. The rookie tight end yeah. thing doesn't matter for Sam Laporta. Yeah, it's like it's, he's he's the guy that bucks the trend out of all these players. I mean, Dalton Kincaid not it hasn't been a factor yet, and. I mean, I'm glad to see that we're still, like, there's still sense here that Dalton Kincaid is still holding as the tight end five with Laporta holding at six. But, I mean, you also have to follow the numbers at some point. I don't know if point. that's going to last long. I, I don't think it will, and I don't. And if Laporta's, if this season continues, it shouldn't. We, we can't, you know, be smart, but don't grasp onto things that aren't there yeah, when the, you have right. a record-setting player right in your face. You know, like, I'd be perfectly fine with taking Laporta over Kincaid if we get to, like, week 8, week 10, and this is still happening, and he's, like, the tight end 1 or 2 in fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm, I might be, put him even higher than that. So I, I was pretty close to having Sam Laporta be my tight end 1 in the offseason. And I was scared because Dalton Kincaid was a good, like, is a, such a good player that I was like, I can't do it, you know. And Kincaid was the safe option, but yeah, you were I, you I, were the you were the Laporta. I mean, we we both liked Laporta a lot, but by the end of the year, man, you were you know, this was your tight end too. I still had yeah. Mayer as my tight end too going I, into yeah. final stretch. So, which, hey. Michael Mayer, tight end 12. That's a buy low. Buy low? No doubt. Because every, like, there were, he was not going to factor in this year. That was, like, I we said that even. Like, he's not, this is not the year for Michael Mayer. So you get a player like this who is showing, like, oh, my God, this he's so good. He's a rookie. And then you get the guy who has two yards so far this year, Michael Mayer. Get in there, man. Get him. I like that. One, I have another question for you though, because this is like, they 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 popped their like K, the recent KTCs up here for you to see, and this was like a hot hot one oh, today boy. for some reason. Would you trade 
Quinton Johnston for Sam Laporta. Straight up. <laughs> uh, yeah. You you would take the Laporta side of that So, trade. the reason I say yes is because of what I was talking about before. Is that tight end is a hellscape. And earlier, if you remember, I also said there's never going to be a bad wide receiver class again. I'm co-signing that take. So I think wide receivers deep enough that uh, if you can get a, a guy that's already producing like Laporta is that I love as a prospect. And Johnson I liked, but I didn't, you know, it, it wasn't the, the fire in my heart. The fire in my gut, like uh, Jonathan Gannon would say, was not as hot for Quentin Johnson as it was for Laporta. So uh, it might be irresponsible, but I think I'd do it. I know you wouldn't. I mean, six months ago, man, these players were ten that, spots apart. It's true. I, you know, I Quentin Johnson, that, there's another – by low look i mean you look at his it's value drop he's definitely a buy low listen to this one august 29th i think i think this is the peak wide receiver 19 today wide receiver 30 and i think the window it's might closing. be like closed now because of mike williams but that that's another like we we play dynasty, right. but that w- people are very, very quick tempered with some of this stuff. Where Quinn Johnson doesn't do something for two weeks, and suddenly it's like, oh, he, it's <laughs> his career is over. <laughs> but I I just feel I like get it, man. It's, I get it's it. It's so I, hard to find a tight end. I get it. You know, if you could slot one in for ten years, that'd be real nice. With the luxury of knowing that Laporta is featured and productive yes. in that offense, it's right. it's not crazy. And knowing that talk, Quentin Johnson's but, a bust. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I d- two very quick things. Yeah, I, I enjoyed. This is nice. I like I like breaking this the value side of this down. The fire, guy, it just hits different, man. We're Did getting into late Zach September. Did you see Charmaine kill a man on national I, Oh, television? I saw it. Okay, I saw it. And by the way, I am one of those people that is trying desperately to obtain him during this <laughs> stretch the, of the Ken bio. Walker being <laughs> being the guy. The snaps are <laughs> evening out. Is the That's, problem? It's not going to be Ken's backfield. Don't say that too loud. I'm still trying. I'm doing They're, work right now. But, okay. Anyway. Uh, I, IDPs, I want to talk about this because I did not mention this last week, and I felt gross about it for the last seven days. Ivan Pace. Hello. Um, yeah. Camp Dynasty's own. Uh, pretty much the face of IDP in Camp Dynasty. Last year, well, Willie. Well, besides, yeah, okay, you're right. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> the face of IDP underdogs. There it is in 
Camp Dynasty last year. And, I mean, brother, it, he's he's doing it. He's here. He's he's all the way here. I mean. He's it, starting for the yeah. Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. From UDFA to us talking about from us talking about him at the Senior Bowl, like, oh my God, he's the best player on the field. I mean, the, he got he got badges last year. Uh, yeah, he got we a got few. Ivan Pace badges. Then we got Ivan Pace Senior Bowl. Yeah. Then we got undrafted. What the and hell? We happened? were like, what is happening? Like, it's just because he's small, and bask in the glory of Ivan Pace playing middle linebacker, taking all the snaps from Jordan Hicks and Asamoah, and he is just the green dot. He's the green dot for that defense. And playing like he did at Cincinnati. They're blitzing him, and he's winning. The pass rush rate, the the win percentage, he's literally doing what he did last year at Cincinnati from the linebacker position. He's bulldozing grown NFL players like he did at Cincinnati. It's it's really nice. It's I, so nice. I, I've never felt things like this about <laughs> an IDP in my life. But, yeah. And um, by the way, Will Anderson also is playing incredibly. I yep. mean, he's dominant in that uh, piece of defense. So that 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 class is special. Bijan had like 176 yards. Uh, and that felt nice, and then you just you know split fifty fifty with Tyler Algier year last. Anyway, oh, uh, sorry, no, sorry. Good, good vibes only. You're right, this was you're the right. victory lap you're, session. Yes. yes. Uh, I, I we can't take a lap on this one, but I last thing I want to say. Tully, Tui Pelotu. Yeah. Uh, was a camper that got no respect on this podcast last it's year. True. Like. A name that was around if you followed the sport of college football last year. Second round pick in the NFL to the Chargers. Still no love from this program. Don't know if I ever said his name. So far, he has been the best rookie pass rusher, and I think that is including Will Anderson. Yeah. I, he had so, nine pressures yesterday against if the Vikings. he is on the wire. <laughs> yeah. You gotta go grab him. I checked. Right now. I checked if he's on the wire, and guess who has him? I got him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, "Ooh, let me go see." Uh, Brian Branch also has yeah. been unreal. He had eleven yep. solo tackles. Just you don't. I couldn't believe that. I, I was like, either. that has to be an error. Yeah. In the app, and then two pass defenses, and then yeah. Uh, Jalen Carter just had a great game. He had two forced fumbles and half a sack. And then uh, Marvin Mims is producing on uh, just, like, barely any snaps. He just gets, like, no snaps, and every time he touches the ball, he gets, like, 80 yards and a touchdown. So, had a kick return touchdown, has a couple long ones. I mean, he's been as advertised as well, and he was a a camper that we also loved. So, we'll keep victory lapping. Unfortunately, with Marvin Mims, it's he's both things that I talked about with him. He is both a great player that is not only a deep threat, but he is only being used as their deep threat right now. Yep. Like, 
he the Sean Payton stuff like he's getting 19 snaps a game he's has like 30 yards per catch on his seven catches with like several touchdowns including a special teams touchdown but can we please can we please get him on the field and I, I did look at this one wide receiver 42 right now it's it's hard to say I don't think anybody's moving him because of the flashes and I don't I like you look at the names ahead of him and I'm kind of like yeah this yeah. might be where he needs to be right now but like keep an eye on him because he's in for bigger things I think as the season goes on all right here's a stat for you I have the 10 longest gains from the Broncos this year okay keep in mind Marvin Mims has touched the ball 12 times. Okay? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So, number one is 99 yards. Marvin Mims kick return. Number two is Marvin Mims, 60 yards on a reception. Number three is Marvin Mims, 53 yards on a reception. Number four is Brandon Johnson, 50-yard reception. Number five is Jerry Judy, 45-yard reception. Number six is Marvin Mims, 45-yard reception. Number seven is Marvin Mims, 38 yards on a kick return. Number eight is Marvin Mims, 30-yard reception. Number nine is Marvin Mims, 30-yard kick return. And number 10 is Marvin Mims on a 25-yard reception. Give him the rock, Sean. 42 might be too low. <laughs> go, go get him. <laughs> I mean, Christian Kirk was ahead of him on the when I looked this morning. Get him I, the rock. Yeah. All he does is gets a ton of yards every time he touches the ball. Freak. Yeah. All right. That is the new look all growing up. Feels kind of good, doesn't it? Yeah. I like these guys. So, yeah, it's a fun class. We'll have plenty more opportunities to talk about the rise and fall of Dynasty value for the 2022 campers special group they're all showing up a lot of them are showing up at least and looking good so but 2023 baby we got see i did it again though i called him the 2022 camp god we got to get out of here man i'm falling apart uh if you enjoyed the week four podcast which was talking about the 2024 campers and a little bit of 2023 campers at the end be sure to check us out on x formerly known as twitter at camp underscore dynasty and tiktok at camp dot dynasty if you're watching on our youtube channel you already know that because video feeds of the pods go up every week and colin has all of our handles just nicely laid out. Just real easy. Look yeah. at you. Yeah. Even more reason to go check out the YouTube channel. That's right. Making life easy for the viewers. I love it. And if you like the episode, of course, like, rate, subscribe, review, and share the podcast with anyone who you think can benefit from this great content where we sit around and talk about how right we were. Yeah. that's. I mean, <laughs> if we were just wrong more often, we could talk about that, but... When you're next right all week, the time. Next week, I'll take one L lap through 
three weeks of... I, I wish I had something that I've been wrong about. <laughs> yeah, do, do we have anything? I don't think I'm so. I'm just, I'm batting a thousand. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> even batting a thousand on C.J. Stroud, quarterback one in the oh NFL. Oh my God. I mean, Whoops. My Spencer Rattler take, he's been playing well. <laughs> he's back. God, we can't fucking miss right now. <laughs> All right. Thanks for stopping by Camp Dynasty this week. We'll see you next week.